Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Exodus 39 and 40. Imagine building something. And maybe some of you, you've done an add-on to your home, or you've built a shed in the backyard, or maybe even just something as simple as you pitched a tent, right? You assembled something. Imagine doing that. And then the glory of God dwells in it. I mean, think of all the furniture that you've assembled in your life, and you're following the instructions And you're trying to do that to a T. And then when you're done, the glory of God in this cloud comes and dwells in what you have made. That's just an incredible thought. But it is what we see happen here at the end of Exodus. I mean, we're going to see it's obviously sacred and important. But to some extent, what we've been reading, it is instructions and then following the instructions. Hey, this is a tent that you need to build. These are the instructions. And then you have these skilled people following the instructions. And when they're done, it's not like, hey, it's an Ikea bookshelf. No, it is a dwelling place for the glory of God. God gives them instructions. They follow the instructions. God dwells there. Now, as we think through this and wrap up the book of Exodus, let's think through some things that have come up as we go through um, the Old Testament, then, always, now. What is going on then? What do we see from this that is always true, and how does this apply to us? And three other words I like to talk about are learn, worship, and apply. And sometimes those kind of fit where then corresponds with learn, uh, always corresponds with worship, and now corresponds with apply. And I think we'll see a little bit of that today, but let's just think through then a couple things to notice. I I just even highlighted through the passage this morning, one phrase, if you have your eyes open that you need to see over and over again is as the Lord had commanded Moses. And even now, as I'm looking at these highlights and trying to count them up, I probably missed some in there, and I'm counting something like 14 times, that that phrase is mentioned so often in this passage. That's something to note then. God gave them instructions. Chapter 39 and 40 makes it very clear they followed the instructions. They followed the instructions, really, that they're finishing making things in chapter 39, they're making the priestly garments. And then in chapter 40, they're putting it all together. And whenever they're doing that, they're doing it as the Lord had commanded Moses. So they are clearly following the instructions of God. Another thing to notice that we see happen here is things are anointed. And now this anointing really uh, is part of consecration. They, they are setting aside these things. Even this oil that was used was special. We read earlier in Exodus, this oil was not something that they were just to use for anything. You couldn't go to the store and say, yeah, can you give me that uh, tabernacle blend of this oil? No, it is forbidden for people to use for common things. It is special. It is sacred. It is consecrated and set apart for 
this holy purpose of the tabernacle. So you see them now applying that to just show all these things, you know, because this is a table, a lampstand. There's nothing inherently special about these things in themselves, but these particular ones were set apart and sacred and consecrated to the work that was going on here at at the tabernacle. And then we see the glorious finish of this passage in verse 34 of chapter 40, where it says, then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And then it goes on to say, this is what would signal when it was time to go for Israel. When, when the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, oh, it's time to go. But if the cloud was staying in the tabernacle, well, then they were supposed to stay. And it was cloud by day and fire was in it by night. That's interesting. I wonder what that looked like. But you see, this is a place where the visible expression of, of the glory of God was meant to dwell. And that's an important thing. And that was something that was to set this people apart. God was literally with this people. So that gets us something of the then. And hopefully we've learned about some of these things that we we read about, whether it was the priestly garments that we talked about several days ago, or just how the tabernacle was constructed and how God used gifted people to do that. That's a little bit of then. So we think about always, something that we have mentioned a few times now in Exodus is how this should point us really just to a, a broader reality that God, he has to dwell among consecrated people, right? right, Or consecrated things. God cannot be just mixed up with what is unclean in a sense that, I mean, God is omnipresent, but in a sense that he is is dwelling there, like his glory is coming to rest there. And that just reminds us, God cannot dwell in us if we are unclean and unconsecrated. Okay, how do we get clean and how do we get consecrated. Well, think about this. What do we see in this passage? We see a tabernacle and we see through it the glory of God. One verse we've referenced a couple times is John 1:14, and the word, talking about Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. That idea even of dwelt has the idea of tabernacled. It's like Jesus came and, and dwelt, he tabernacled among us, not in a tent, but in human form. And then what does it go on to say? And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. And it even then contrasts the law came through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And so we can be reconciled to God through this other tabernacle, so to speak, through Jesus. It is through him and what he did by living the perfect life, dying on the cross for our sins, rising again. It is through that that you and I can be made clean, that you and I can be made holy and consecrated. And then God can dwell with us through the Holy Spirit. So that's something to think through maybe on the always level and something to worship God for. Do you worship God 
that he has made you clean? Do you worship God that he has consecrated you because of what Christ has done? Or this may even be a point of application. Do you know Christ as your Savior? Have you been washed from your sins, not through some ritual or through some ceremony, but have you been washed of your sins as you have put your faith in Christ? and trusted in him and the salvation and the cleansing that can only come from him as your savior. And then finally, one other thought that comes to mind, maybe as we think a little more towards now and application, another passage that comes to mind is the end of Ephesians 2. Uh, Listen to Ephesians 2, and let's start in verse 19. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. What was the tabernacle? It was a dwelling place for God. What does Ephesians 2.22 say? You, talking to you Christians, you Christians in uh, the, the church here, you are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. That's a pretty incredible thought. There is no tabernacle right now. There is no temple right now. But Christians, you are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. And so I think even just as an application point, here's a little prayer list that I think you should pray in response to this passage for your local church. I pray that your local church would be obedient in following God's instruction. I mean, how many times did we see as the Lord commanded Moses? in this passage a lot. So pray for your church, that your church would be doing what God has commanded for it to do. Pray that your church is obedient. Pray that your church is consecrated. We see even somewhat through the priestly garments, also through this anointing, that these people were set apart to do the work of God. Pray that your church is set apart to do the work of God. God, that there really is a a, a personal holiness and a corporate consecration for the work of the ministry. And and then pray for your church to be glorious. Now, I'm not expecting, in fact, you you see sometimes churches claim something like this, and usually I think it's uh, frankly just... something that's a lot of garbage and just sensationalized. Oh, there's this glory cloud. That's not what you should be looking for is some glory cloud to come down on your church this Sunday. But your church should be a very real manifestation of the glory of God. That as God saves people in your church, as people grow into the image of Christ, it is a reflection of God's glory. Your church very much should be glorious. So pray for your church to be obedient. Pray for your church to be consecrated. Pray for your church to be glorious. And with that, we are two books down now in our journey through the Old Testament, and we will be back, uh, Lord willing, tomorrow as we go through and begin our journey through the book of Leviticus. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, 
check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.